This is episode number 216 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute. My goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. This is part five in a five-part series about how to start a public speaking career. And in the past episodes, we focused on how to use public speaking within your current career, both as an income stream and also as marketing for the, the career that you have currently. We've also covered a session on how to become a professional speaker for an established speaking company. In this episode, though, I'm going to cover a few step-by-step items that will help you create your own presentation company or speaking career from scratch. So if you want, if you want to be a professional speaker, these practical tips can help you get started. The episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Dallas, Charlotte, and Denver. Remember that the seats in the classes are limited to the first eight people, and they're on a first-come, first-served basis. So for details about any of those classes or, or to find out when a class will be scheduled in your area, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So my topic today is how to start your own public speaking company or basically create your own speaking content and create become a professional speaker from scratch. And before I get into the real how-tos and the best practices, let me kind of first start with the don'ts of the speaking industry. These are things that People will often try to do, and they tend to make your speaking career kind of fall flat even before you get started. So let me start with the first one. This is the biggest one is don't try to become a motivational speaker. (laughs) You know, first and foremost, don't, 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 don't try to become a motivational speaker. Now, yes, there are still great and popular motivational speakers out there. Most often, though, these are people who accomplish something very significant that that very few people have ever done. You know, for instance, um, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Roger Staubach was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys for years. And then after he left the NFL, he started a commercial real estate company and made a gazillion dollars doing that. <laughs> so, so basically he made a gazillionaire, it was a gazillionaire in two different industries. So when he speaks at conventions, he charges in excess of $40,000 per hour. And so just so you know, I mean, most motivational speakers, most really popular ones, though, are they're politicians, they're athletes or entertainers who made it big, and now they want to inspire others. Um, so you'll also find people who kind of sailed around the world or climbed Mount Everest or survived some type of tragedy and, and things like that. But for the most part, though, you find very few motivational speakers who weren't famous before they became speakers. <laughs> so they use their, their prior success as their foundation to become a, a motivational or keynote speaker. 
So basically, if you've done something fantastic and you've created something great that nobody else has ever done before, or if you've done something dramatic or became famous doing something, then yeah, you might make it as a motivational speaker. But for most of us, if we want to get into the speaking business, that's that's not really a practical way to, to get started. The second big mistake that a lot of people make when they're trying to get into a speaking career or start their own public speaking company is they just try to regurgitate stuff that they've read or heard from other speakers. This way of thinking is where in, inside the person's mind, they're going, okay, I've read the magic of thinking big and I've read how to win friends and influence people and the seven habits of highly effective people and personality plus and they can go rich. And I've read the Bible from cover to cover. And I've listened to over a hundred hours of Zig Ziglar and Anthony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Will Smith and Joel Osteen. Now I'm ready to become a professional speaker. The thing you have to keep in mind is that the only thing that really differentiates a great speaker from a poor speaker is that the great speaker has more experience or has better stories to tell. The success stories from real life are what build your credibility as a speaker. So successful public speakers create their own personal brand from their own experiences and successes. If you're relying on retelling other people's success stories, you're never really going to make it as a professional speaker. It's going to be much harder if you, if you try it anyway. Uh, I'll give you a really good example of this. Years ago, a woman hired me to speak at a convention. And just before I went on stage, she asked me this really odd question. Nobody's ever asked me this before, but she said, uh, where exactly did you get your material for this speech? Uh, like I said, it was very strange. Nobody ever kind of asked me that before. And, and it was odd. It was just one of those things that I wasn't really expecting. And so I asked her a bunch of questions to, as to why she was asking. Apparently, her group absolutely loved last year's keynote speaker. In fact, they probably would have hired this woman again. However, one of her, one of the, the executives that was there at the, in the convention did research on the topic after the conference ended and it came and came across another speaker with a very similar background. And after a little bit more investigating, they realized that the speaker that they had hired had actually plagiarized the entire speech. She had compelling content, but it wasn't hers to tell. She, so basically you can be an amazing speaker, but without your own experience to share your, your, your speaking brand will quickly falter. I mean, everybody's got access to Google nowadays. So you, you'll end your career very quickly if you just try to plagiarize other people's stuff. Uh, another big challenge that you can make is uh, that you really want to stay away from what I call general topics. Uh, and this is really this is the big mistake that I made early on when I started the Leaders Institute, when I started my own public speaking company, was making my classes about, quote unquote, leadership. <laughs> if you think about it, if if someone is a poor leader, they're likely not going to go Google, go to Google and look for you know, leadership class or something like that. <laughs> it's not It's not something that most people, if they're a poor leader, they don't see themselves as being a poor leader. So I've spent the first couple of years reaching out to thousands, I mean, thousands of corporate decision makers. And um, first, the first thing I would do is I would let them know about my great leadership class that I created. And because I worked so hard, because I was contacting so many of these decision makers, I had a bunch of takers. And so I had some pretty decent success. However, the moment 
that I stopped outwardly promoting that class, the registrations into the, the classes decreased significantly. Uh, I, basically, I, it was because I created such a general topic, I had to spend a lot of time and money to promote the class. However, um, as that was going on, I noticed something really important along the way. A lot of folks who were coming through my leadership class told me that the reason they were coming was to reduce public speaking fear. And as a, you know, a light bulb kind of shot off. And as a result, I created the fearless presentations class as a result. And within two years, we were teaching over 300 classes every single year. So um, after, after teaching classics like this for a couple of decades now, though, I realized that even if I had actually become even more specific on the topic, I'd likely have grown even faster. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more as we, as we kind of go in. But the, the more specific you make, the more of a niche or a niche that you make in your topic, the easier it is going to be for not only for you to promote what you're doing, but for people who are looking for that thing to actually come to you to, to start to asking you if they can or if, if you would like to speak for their groups and that kind of thing. All right. So let me kind of go through the step by step process. These are just five really simple things that you can do. If you want to start a public speaking career or a public speaking company from scratch, just do these five things and you'll have some fairly decent success as long as you kind of follow the, don't skip any of them, right? Don't, don't, uh, don't, um, um, you know, make sure when you are going through this process that you spend time really developing each one of these things. And if you do, it's going to take a lot of work, but you'll be guaranteed that you come out on the other side, a successful public speaker. So the first thing that you want to do is start with a topic or area of expertise, expertise that has a specific and defined market. So I basically said a lot in that first sentence. So let me kind of break that down. Part one is a specific topic or area of expertise. That's, that's, that's major. A specific topic or area of expertise with two, a specific, and then three, a defined market. It has to have a specific market and a market that is defined. If you don't have all three of those things, then you're going to spend a lot of time creating something that nobody wants. By the way, this happens a lot. People write books, they, they create these keynote speeches, they, they start marketing things that they, that they want to teach. And, and the things that they've created is stuff that the audience, there's no audience for it. There's no market for it. So as a result, they just spin their wheels and, and never make any headway. So the easiest way to come up with a good topic that fits all three of those specific things is to think about a specific problems that the people in your audience might have and make your topic a way to solve those problems. The key here is to not try to create a topic that is helpful to everyone, Instead, what you want to do is start with a niche. So when you start your public speaking company, pick a specific niche, a specific problem that you're going to help people overcome. It's much easier to find a niche when you have a specific audience in mind, by the way. Um, again, going back to the challenge that I had when I started the Leaders Institute, this really, really hit home because um, in the beginning, the, the first couple of years that I was, that I was uh, marketing my leadership development program, I um I was trying to gear it toward the entire population, you know. So basically, the billions of people that are in the world, I'm trying to create a single class that will help everyone. 
And, uh, and it was a good class and everybody loved it. Everybody came to it, loved it, but it was really, really hard to promote. Then one afternoon, I got a call from an engineering company in Houston that wanted help organizing what they called a shortlist meeting. And at the time, I had no idea what a shortlist meeting was. I never heard of this thing. So I, I, I asked just a ton of questions about what specifically they were looking for. And it turns out that when a big company wants to fund a construction project, could be that they want to build a, a, a building or you know, like a skyscraper, or they want to, um, to create a, a program related to you know, multiple building constructions and all that kind of stuff. What they'll do is they'll send out a request for proposals. And then typically a committee, some group of people or usually a couple of people within the company that is requesting the proposals will sift through all of those proposals and then eliminate the companies that don't qualify, do their best anyway to eliminate as many of them as they can to kind of shorten the list down a little bit. So the committee will create what they call a short list of the companies that pass the first set of criteria. Now, at this point, they often will invite the shortlist candidates to give a presentation. And in some cases, this presentation is the final step to earn the job. In other cases, it's an additional weeding out process. But by the time I finished coaching this specific engineering firm, I knew the industry pretty well because not only did I do that presentation with them, but I actually trained, I worked with them for another two or three years on these types of presentations. So I, I basically I created a presentation as a result of that experience called getting past the shortlist. And then I promoted it throughout the engineering and constructive industry. So much more specific niche than what I'd been doing with leadership development, or even when I started the fearless presentations classes. So because it was such a niche within that industry, I had almost no competition. And in fact, I conducted dozens of these speeches every single year for about, I would say about six years or so. And I made a nice, tidy little nest egg in the process. So I would encourage you to do the same thing as you're kind of starting your career, starting your public speaking company, create a, a topic or a, 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 a program or a speech that helps a specific group of people solve a specific problem. And you'll pretty much kind of eliminate all your com competition within that industry. Um, so the second thing that you want to do is once you have that great topic, you need to write about it. <laughs> and this is where I kind of hear people say things like, oh, Doug, wait a minute. You don't understand. I'm a good speaker. I'm not a writer. And that always makes me laugh when I hear people say that, because if you actually think this, if you actually think that you're a good speaker and not a good writer, then you're probably not very good at either. So, by the way, the better you get at one, the better you will get at the other as well. So whether you're giving a speech or writing a blog post you're communicating with a specific audience. And the methods may be slightly different, but not as much as you might think. Uh, your creative ideas by, by speech or through writing will kind of flow in the same manner. So when I design a speech, for instance, I think about the problem that my audience is experiencing, and then I come up with an audience-focused title that helps them create that solution. And, and, then, um, and then after that, I'm going to come up with three to five concepts or steps that's going to help the audience solve that specific problem. I'm going to put in lots of proof, like stories and analogies and examples and quotes and data for each one of those concepts, for each one of those bullet points. Well, when I write a blog post, well, 
I think about the problem that my audience has, and I come up with a specific audience-focused title, and I identify three to five concepts or steps that are going to help the audience solve that problem. And then I identify lots of proof, stories, analogies, examples, quotes, data, et cetera, for each concept. So basically what I go through to create each of those is almost identical. The only difference is the way that I deliver it. In one situation, I'm writing it down word for word. In the other situation, I'm creating a speech for it. So the formula or the thought process creates many of my signature talks or or posts that I'm doing on my blog. It also catches your attention, the, the audience's attention, by giving them the steps and the how-to to solve their issues. So a blog is basically just a speech that's written in, onto a WordPress website. <laughs> so the, the technical aspects of creating a blog is, is you want to make your blog post range between a minimum of maybe a thousand words up to about 2,500 words. This part is critical to helping you clarify the wants and needs of your audience. And the process, process also helps you um, constantly refresh and redesign your ideas and beliefs uh, so next, the, you, you level your content by adding more detail and explanation, make your content the, the one-stop shop for people that have the specific problem that you've outlined. So if you sit down and you write at least a single 1,000 word blog post every single week for 10 weeks, by the time that you complete the 10th post, your understanding of that topic will become way more precise, way more clear. The reason this occurs is that you stop relying on your past beliefs and you focus more on new research from outside sources. So every time I write a new blog post, I increase my expertise and my topic exponentially. So I'm constantly growing and learning. And if you want to be a great professional speaker, you have to constantly grow and, and learn as well. So step number three is you want to compile your post into a book. So once you have at least 10 well-researched and well-written blog posts with at least a thousand words in each one of those, then you have a great start to a pretty good book. You'll have anywhere from 10,000 to maybe upwards of 20,000 words already laid out in an easy to read format. And then you can, and, and the, the titles basically come from, become the chapters in your book. Um, and uh, by the way, a Amazon has two ways to kind of self-publish these books for free. They don't cost anything. You can go to uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, or there's a website called Create Space. I'll put links in that in the show notes. So if you have, if you're to this point now and you want to self-publish your books, just follow those two links that are in, in the in these show notes, and it'll give, give you details on how to to do that. So you'll also have more credibility as a speaker if you're a published author. <laughs> I mean, who knew, right? You've got, in addition to that more credibility, you've also got an additional revenue stream. In some cases, an audience may only be able to pay a very small honorarium for you to speak to them. However, you can offer to give one of your books to each person in attendance and the group may not have fees to pay for the speaker, but they will often you know, be able to add $10 or $20 to the fee for attending if the attendees will receive a book that equals that value. So instead of getting a $200 or $500 honorarium to speak to 100 people, you had you know, a $20 book that's going to increase your fee to about two grand just for that one speaking engagement, just for an hour of speech. So if your group can't agree to pay for a book for everyone, you might still be able to set up a, a table at the back of the room to sell copies of your book. So by the way, once you have the 10 posts, 
and one book completed, don't stop there. I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year. So if you just continue the same process, you can write as many as four or five books every single year and get the benefit over and over and over again. That means more revenue every time you're doing one of these gigs. Um, the fourth thing that you can do is start a podcast. So this is step number four in, in the process to start your own public speaking company. Wait until you have, I just this is just from personal experience, wait till you have about 20 or so well-written blog posts because once you have them, then start your podcast, you'll be amazed at, at, at how much more fluid and confident that you're going to become as a speaker after you've recorded 15 to 20 podcast episodes. Your messages can become sharper, your delivery will become more precise. In addition, you, you'll become a better speaker. Your, your communication skills would, would just improve dramatically. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here talking about the mechanics of how to record a podcast. But so for time's sake, um, you know, spend a few hundred dollars on a professional microphone on Amazon, invest a few more dollars on a pop filter, the little thing that kind of, you, if you're watching the video, you can kind of see it here in, in my screen. Uh, then use an audio editor like Audacity to, to make the recording. And you'll have a pretty decent podcast just by doing those three things. Try to record the entire podcast episode in a single take, though, because if you start and stop once, you, you're going to continually keep starting and stopping and you'll just waste a lot of time. So give yourself some grace. The first episode won't be great, I promise you, but it's a start and you'll get better every single time. If you're wondering where to get your content for each of the podcasts, well... By this point, you should have at least 20 well-written blog posts. Each one of those should take 30 minutes or so to an hour to record. And so I, I would suggest, by the way, not reading them word for word. Instead, make an outline of the major points that you want to cover and then practice delivering your content as if you would if somebody hired you for a public speaking opportunity on that topic, and you'll do a whole lot better. All right, the last thing that you can do is after you record audio for each of the podcasts, try creating live videos for them as well. Video is always more difficult than audio, by the way. So the, 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 to create a, a, a podcast, fairly easy. Just need a microphone and, um, and a pop filter and, and you're kind of good to go with, with and, and a laptop maybe. Um, so it, once, once you have those kind of things, once you put in video though, uh, there are a few more challenges. So um, when you're, when you're starting out, I'd suggest starting with, with something like Facebook Live or Instagram Stories or even TikTok. You know, those are, those are, are, are little short segments that you can do on video, and they're great for practicing your speeches. And the audience, is, the audience that are watching these things expect them to be what I call amateurish, you know, so they're, in fact, a lot of times they're looking for more of the behind the scenes stuff that, that, that um, kind of looks homemade, right? Um, they're not looking for really high quality video. Plus, you know, unless you have just a huge following, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of grief if you screw something up, right? So um, an easy way to create the content for these videos is just, is just to deliver um, your main concepts, like your bullet points from each of your blog posts, your podcast episode. Um, if, if you have five concepts in each blog post, then you can do each of these a day for a week if you want. The point is that if you want to be hired as a professional speaker, people have to be able to find great video of you. And if they can't, then you're not even going to be considered. 
video allows a better visual of what your audience will see. So what I mean is that during a podcast, your voice may sound great. That is until somebody sees visually how hunched over you are. So pay attention to the details, your body language and the effective communication on the topic really matter. Um, so when you really get good at the live videos, then you can invest in better equipment and maybe professional help to help you create good YouTube videos or Rumble or, or some other video platform. And then once you get this background completed, once you do all of those things that I've just mentioned, now you're ready to start your public speaking career. Following these steps will not only prepare you to create your, your business, but you'll attain a booked speaking schedule as well that your routine will kind of fill up between the times that you're writing your blog post and recording your podcast and doing your videos. I know it seems like a lot of work and, and, and it is, but one of the best ways to begin is just, just to get started. Because once you have 20 plus blog posts written and podcast episode recorded, 40 or 50 videos and at least one book published and, and, and ready to sell, then now you're ready to start promoting yourself. And basically next week, we're going to show you how to, once you have all this stuff, how to really promote yourself as, as a speaker so that you get gigs left and right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 